Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Journey Wealth Management. And thank you for joining us at Smike on Money, where we uh, talk about the markets uh, every week, uh, what's going on this week, what we saw last week. And of course, we take a dive into different topics. We're going to be talking today uh, about first quarter earnings, just what we're seeing. Uh, they're obviously continuing to come out, uh, but where the trends are uh, and what it's meaning for the market. We're also going to touch uh, a little bit on the budget, the Canadian budget that came out. It's our first budget in two years. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. Um, not going to take a huge deep dive into it. We're still dissecting a lot of the information. Uh, so I'll do, I'll do a more uh, a deep look into that. But uh, we'll kick off a couple of the highlights. Uh, it was actually pretty unimpactful from a change perspective, other than the spending part. But we'll, we'll get more into that. Uh, as always, if you're watching us here, uh, keep in mind everything is uh, for information purposes only. Do do your own due diligence or reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. You can always answer any questions specific to your situation. Uh, don't take anything here as solicitation or advice. Everyone's situation is unique and it's always a good idea to take a look at to which strategies and which um, different uh, methods are best suited for your situation. So always reach out to us before you implement anything. Uh, if you're watching live, of course, this is available on podcast and on YouTube for replay. But if you're watching live, feel free to ask any questions. Just click that Q&A button, type it in. Uh, we'll make sure we follow up with you uh, to answer any of your questions. And, uh, and also, if you have any suggestions, any topics you want us to take a deeper look into or uh, different topics you want us to cover on these, Always happy to hear feedback and hear what people enjoy. So with that, let's dive into what's going on this week. So we are looking for the uh, the retail sales index numbers to come out later this week. Uh, so we'll keep a close eye on that. Uh, the, as I mentioned, first quarter earnings are continuing. Johnson & Johnson, J&J, a name we all we, uh, like in the portfolio. We've had in the portfolios for a while. Uh, continue to like uh, their first quarter earnings results are out. So those are looking really good. Um, despite their vaccine being, currently being on hold, uh, Procter & Gamble is also coming out with the third quarter results, uh, which falls into our, our calendar first quarter. So we'll take a look at those this week as uh, we get more details there. On the stock front, we did see a little bit of weakness uh, as you know, a bit of selling off in some of the blue chip companies which is not a bad thing. We, we're gonna talk about those earnings numbers and, and what that means and what we're seeing in, in the markets. Um, but we, you know, I think everyone out there is pretty much on the same page uh, with some valuations being a bit too high. So taking advantage of a little bit of pullback here and there, not a bad thing in the portfolios. That's just opportunity to get in at better prices uh, as we see which companies are doing, doing well in the current uh, economic environment. As I mentioned, the Dow heavy, uh, the Dow industrial heavy and the technology heavy NASDAQ uh, continue to struggle a little bit. Uh, the technology companies pretty much for this year uh, have been the slower performers after an amazing year last year. So just you know, taking a little bit of, uh, of money out of or profits off the top, uh, not a bad strategy. Again, that's something we recommended late last year, uh, take, taking those wins 
doesn't mean you leave the good strong companies doesn't mean you get out of the company completely just move those dollars into areas uh, where it can work a little bit harder for you as i mentioned uh, j and j proctor philip morris lockheed and abbott's uh, laboratories are all looking to um, announce and the one uh, netflix is also going to come out after market close today uh, be really interesting to see. Obviously, they had a boom last year and see how they've held on to those, uh, those subscriptions. Uh, if we take a deeper look, uh, the U.S. banks are looking to deploy AI to monitor customers and their workers. Uh, so obviously, they're expecting some backlash here, backlash here where they're uh, installing more cameras and softwares around those cameras to monitor customers' preferences, um, you know, their behaviors when they're in there, what type of services they're using, but also keeping an eye on uh, workers, even so much as to spot people who are sleeping outside their ATMs. A uh, little bit of 1984 going on here in Big Brother. Um, obviously, we're going to see what people think, but this is the way things are moving. Uh, more and more monitoring, and also that AI behavior technology um, you know, there's companies that have been in development for several years now, uh, you know, even from body language, they can detect a threat. So security cameras are starting to use AI to detect, uh, you know, whether someone's carrying a concealed weapon by the way they move and the way they walk, uh, even looking at their behavior, how they move through a crowd, are they a potential threat? So, uh, so no big surprise, this is now moving into the corporate world. Uh, to detect customers' behaviors. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about all these antitrust suits with the big tech companies. Uh, they've been monitoring our online habits for some time, uh, basically using the same type of AI to determine you know, the sites you visit, things you search for, uh, where you visit after the site that you've been on, uh, just to figure out uh, trends, habits and how to market to you. Uh, well, they're just taking this now into the video world. So something uh, I, I don't imagine the last we're gonna hear of this, uh, but I'm sure we'll hear a lot more backlash on it as well as it, uh, as it becomes more mainstream. Uh, factories are hungry out there. So th this is specifically talking about the US farm machineries. Uh, the, the farmers are out trying to buy equipment uh, this is pretty much a problem across all supply chain. Uh, we've talked, of course, in the construction industry, trying to get some materials, the, 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 price in, um, the price and rise, the inflation in cost of raw materials for construction. Uh, pretty much, I was talking to someone in the chocolate industry today, trying to get chocolate is almost impossible. Uh, and, and the supply chain is tightened up and this goes for farm equipment as well. The farmers are having a real hard time trying to get new equipment. Uh, there's a backlog in deliveries, uh, which is good for the, uh, the manufacturers, uh, but obviously uh, slows things down as far as getting these things to, uh, to put into efficiencies and put it into the, the, the markets. Uh, we're also seeing in the, in the mine industry in Arizona, uh, you know, just an example of a small hardware store, uh, a tiny hardware store in the middle of an Arizona town is actually trying to supply Rio Tinto, the mining giant in that town, uh, to help them mine for their underground, uh, their, their underground copper mine, one of the largest mines in the United States. 
So in the middle of the pandemic, we're, we're seeing this supply chain squeeze uh, pretty much across all sectors. Uh, Biden is meeting uh, with the lawmakers in the Republican Party to try to negotiate a push for the infra infrastructure deal. We talked about this last week. Uh, we went through kind of what that means. Uh, we, we also talked about he was going to have to negotiate. This is not a straightforward, straightforward acceptance from both parties. Um, that being said, there, there is support for the infrastructure deal. Uh, it's just not going to be a green light off the bat. There's going to be a negotiation of back and forth. So he's going to have to give something to the Republicans to get some sort, some of their support uh, to push that through. Uh, it is a two trillion dollar deal, and it's a lot of jobs uh, and uh, improving infrastructure throughout the United States. Uh, and you can go to our video from last week if you want to uh, get the breakdown of uh, where all those two trillion dollars were being spent. Uh, foreclosure uh, has been on the forefront of discussions through this whole pandemic. Uh, and there has been a lot, a, a lot of different measures put into place to protect consumers, protect people with mortgages, protect um, uh, even renters and subsidies uh, to, to try to uh, offset the, the, the foreclosures, the forfeitures, uh, and also the um, evictions. Um, and as we come out of this third phase, fourth phase in the United States, the reopening starting to happen. There's still a lot of damage and there's still a lot of uh, back bills to be paid. So even with those stimulus checks that went out in the United States, uh, that's not covering all the back payments on some of those mortgages. Um, so the watchdogs are out there uh, really taking a look at how some of the compliance to the relief programs are being followed. Uh, and to try to protect as many people as possible because uh, you don't want to run on foreclosures. Of, of course, that will just uh, crush the real estate markets uh, and, the, and the economy as, as we've seen in the past when you have a big credit crunch. Uh, it's not good for economic growth. So uh, they're out on the, on, the, on the front line trying to make sure that the... Uh, all the lenders are following the rules of those, pan those pandemic relief programs that, uh, that were put into place. Uh, UiPath is boosting their valuation uh, to 28 billion for their next, uh, for their IPO. Uh, this is just on the tail of even more, uh, you know, speculation and lucrative valuations and some of these IPOs coming out. Uh, they're kind of in the danger zone right now. One is really hard to even get into the IPOs right now, especially American US ones for Canadians. Uh, with very, very little uh, availability, only backdoor uh, ways through private purchases uh, really open for, uh, for some of these new issues. And then when it gets to market, uh, we're seeing this big run up uh, in price route out of the gate. And then in most cases, and then a big pullback. So, uh, you know, be very careful chasing the price of an IPO. Uh, it's always based on speculation, especially in these uh, different or, or in these high valuation ranges. Um, there continues to be a lot of volatility around them. So not a surprise that's continuing, but we are starting to see some of those valuations slow down a little bit from last year. EU is looking at tighten, tightening some of the laws uh, around the conflict of interest rules. Uh, this is based on the BlackRock uh, financial uh, bidding on a contract. Um, to help them develop green banking rules. Uh, however, BlackRock has been found to have some uh, 
through their other business line conflicts of interest there, uh, and whether or not their, their 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 development or the consultation services that they're offering uh, are going to uh, meet all the EU's requirements. So EU is a little bit more strict than the U.S. on these fronts. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the standards they set because that might reverberate and usually does reverberate around the world. So it's always good to take a look at what they are doing and see what we might see coming down the road here in North America. On the COVID update, uh, of course, the numbers continue to be pretty bad in Canada here. Uh, the U.S. is starting to start to see spike in numbers again, although their vaccine uh progress is moving much quicker. They are pretty much any adult, well, I think any adult now in all the United States can go get their vaccine based on availability in their area. Uh, and uh, there's really no restriction to travel to other areas to get it. Uh, in fact, that's pretty, uh, we're seeing a lot of areas who have excess vaccine in the United States offering up for anyone who wants to travel in to, uh, to, get, it, to get it from them to use it up. So uh, some great progress there. Hopefully that will stave off a fourth wave in the United States. Of course, our third wave in, the, in Canada growing massively. Our vaccine uh, progress continues to, to move forward, uh, but not without you know, massive shutdowns uh, across Canada. Uh, even provincial borders are, are starting to be closed. Ontario, Alberta, Quebec, um, even BC here talking about inter-health um, health region uh, restrictions for travel, uh, trying to limit that spread. Uh, they did open the vaccines to the 40 plus for the AstraZeneca. So I am on, I have my, my appointment tomorrow morning. So call me tomorrow, see how I'm doing. But uh, tomorrow morning I'm getting my vaccine. Uh, so more and more people uh, becoming available. Registration is opening uh, up for the vaccine. I think to age 18 by Thursday or Friday this week in BC. So if you haven't registered online, it's worthwhile at least putting your name on the list. Uh, so when your vaccine or your qualification period does uh, open up, you get that text, email or call. So you can at least uh, know when you can get in there and try to slow down this, slow down this wave and, uh, and try to get back to a, some sort of reopening. Uh, obviously the closures here in BC have been extended um, uh, on the heels of the, uh, the latest numbers. So um, keep up the fight, keep up uh, staying safe out there. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully if you haven't got your vaccine yet, at least your first shot, uh, you're on the list to do so. Let's take a look at what's, uh, what's going on in the, in the US. Uh, I mentioned Johnson Johnson, their numbers did come out uh, from when I uh, first put this out. The vaccine, as I mentioned, uh, is a bit on hold in the United States, um, but didn't stop earnings from coming out very healthy. Seen a big jump in the stock price today, so continued growth. Uh, that's the great thing about Johnson & Johnson, uh, you know, whether the vaccine was a huge success or not, it, it, it would have been obviously probable, promising for their earnings, uh, but it's such a diverse company. Um, it actually doesn't move the, tick the ticker that much uh, because most of their earnings come from a very diverse um, product group, uh, including household goods and cleaners. So obviously we've seen a, a big growth in that area. Netflix mentioned is gonna uh, report after call today. So we'll see how they did uh, to keep all those new pandemic subscribers from last year 
uh, and how they've been staying ahead of the curve uh, against their, com their competitors. Procter & Gamble, uh, again, coming out with some good numbers. Again, another big conglomerate that's uh, between household goods and clean-end products uh, continues to do well with people pretty much staying at home or, or, or continuing to focus on, on, on keeping the house clean, clean and up-to-date. Uh, we're also seeing a probe in the U.S. on a Tesla crash, um, which is believed to be driverless. The reason they believe it was due to the driverless system is because no one was found in the driver's seat. So two died, unfortunately, in the accident. Um, you know, just if you're not aware, the, the driverless technology is not approved for, for someone not being behind the wheel. In fact, uh, when you do turn on that driverless function, you are required to stay behind the wheel and alert. Uh, to, in, in order to deal with anything that uh, the car might not be dealing with. So um, tragic, but it'll be interesting to see what the determination of the accident was. Uh, but obviously with no one in the driver's seat, um, not, uh, not, not the way it's supposed to be used these days. Uh, Coca-Cola posts uh, a good quarterly earnings, uh, but is warning a little bit of a rocky recovery here as we are seeing some more uh, targeted closures, obviously, here in Canada uh, with the restaurant closures, but also around the world uh, does affect their sales. The US remains open, so probably not too much interruption there, uh, but a lot of their sales do come through uh, restaurants uh, and with more closures around the world, uh, that will be affected. Uh, GameStop loses their CEO, uh, so a bit of a management shakeup there. Although I don't know that that's a necessarily a bad thing. Uh, he's stepping down after, you know, this is GameStop. Uh, the stock, of course, rallied from 20 to 450 uh, amid that Reddit online uh, surge. Uh, so I'm sure his, which is still trading around the 150, 160 range these days. Uh, so I'm sure his stock options are worth far more than, than they were at the $20 range if he didn't already exercise a bunch of them. So they're just making a shift to becoming more e-commerce uh, move away from the brick and mortar, which was pretty much the problem that the uh, the company was heading into as being too focused uh, on retail-based sales and not on uh, online sales. J&J, uh, as I mentioned, the, the vaccine, uh, their plant that, uh, if you remember a couple of months back, one of their plants, 15 million doses, doses rather, were contaminated and had to be thrown out. Uh, there's an uh, investigation going into that plant and they've halted production there. Uh, while they figure out what happened to make sure it doesn't happen again. Harley Davidson's hitting a records, uh, record to road, a record road recovery uh, as the more and more people move to their uh, touring bikes. Uh, and I think we're probably going to see more of this. We're definitely seeing on leisure vehicles, whether we talk about Sea-Doo's, Ski-Doo's, uh, motorcycles. Uh, and this is just the trend of people not traveling internationally as much as they were. More and more people are staying at home or staying within country and getting out uh, to open spaces. So, uh, you know, Harley's always been famous for having touring bikes uh, and being very popular, especially with the 50 plus group, age group. Uh, so we're seeing a bit of a surge in their sales there as people look to get out of the city. Uh, the federal government, as mentioned, um, the budget came out, uh, unveiling another $100 billion of spending. Uh, pretty much no big surprises in this, um, in this budget, uh, other than the fact 
really, they haven't come up with a big way to pay for all the spending yet. So still racking up deficit. Uh, you know, I read one, uh, you know, one report basically wait for the other shoe to drop. Uh, there they are focused on spending to create new jobs. You know, there's uh, 30 billion going towards um, a child care plan, 17 billion going to green investments. There's some tax benefits for companies who are investing into uh, green technologies or green energy conversions um, or, or basically carbon reduction um, uh, conversions with uh, in their spending over the next few years, starting in 2022. Uh, and basically overall a $354 billion spend um, for this year. Um, which is slated to drop some in, in next year. Uh, but no big hikes. There was no big hikes to the tax brackets. There was no big hikes to the capital gains uh, taxes, which uh, was rumored. Uh, there were some hikes to um, foreign real estate ownership, especially empty foreign real estate ownership. There's an introduction to basically a federal empty home tax. Uh, so, um, We'll get into more details into this, but really the, this, the only uh, big announcements were on the spending side, not a lot on the taxation side. Uh, so not, not a lot of changes really for anyone to immediately react to, um, but we'll get more details on the spending of that, uh, that budget and the plan to deal with that uh, deficit moving forward. Uh, Canada's top news uh, was the housing starts number was uh, 21.6% for a record in March. Uh, no big surprise given the amount of uh, construction uh, that's been going on. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, the surge in demand for construction products. Uh, probably going to see this go through the, uh, through the, the summer here, uh, especially with the low interest rates as more and more people are borrowing to build, renovate, and expand or, or, or buy. Uh, and uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how the government deals with the housing valuations. Obviously, they want to slow this down, um, the speculation or the price rises down, not just to slow down a potential pullback, but uh, when interest rates do start to rise, uh, but also to keep it affordable for people to get into, uh, get into homes. Uh, Barrick is uh, having some uh, challenges as they, uh, they go to a legal uh, battle with the state-owned shareholder for their uh, Kabali Gold Mine, uh, which is a joint venture uh, with uh, AgroGold. Um, and this is always a concern, especially in mining uh, with gold, uh, gold in particular, uh, when they're dealing with uh, different governments. Uh, you all, many governments around the world, especially smaller governments, will insist on having a ownership in the mine uh, to give permits for the mining on their soil, uh, but that also comes with a lot of headaches. Uh, we've seen everything from complete nationalizations to mines to these types of conflicts. So not a big surprise there for, for Barrick, uh, and it's only a 10% ownership. So uh, we'll see how that claim moves forward, but shouldn't affect things too much uh, for Barrick overall. On the dollar front, U.S. dollar front, uh, we did see a decline on the dollar. This is just going back to the mean trend we saw last year uh, as we move into the economic uh, forecast for this year. Uh, we did see some strength early in the year, a bit flight to safety, uh, but as more and more numbers come out and as the 
economies do start to open, even with some recent reclosures, uh, with some of the bigger economies uh, opening up, uh, this trend will probably follow. Uh, we did see the euro rally a little bit, and this is uh, really just against the US dollars pullback, uh, but also uh, they're doing a bit better on the inflation front right now. So um, we'll see how, uh, how the euro uh, continues to behave here. We did see oil jump up again, 1.2% uh, on futures, uh, extending their midweek uh, rally from last week. Uh, and we did see gold pull back very, very slightly, just 0.1%, uh, just as uh, we saw the bond yields um, start to move a little bit. Uh, they did pull back, but they started to move up a little bit uh, late last week. So with that, let's talk about Q1 earnings and what we can tell from, from overall numbers. So what we've seen overall is, is a massive improvement, a massive jump in Q1 numbers, which is very positive. But the one thing to keep in mind, uh, to keep in mind is revenues had, did decline through that process. So a lot more efficiencies after what happened 20, in 2020, but those revenue numbers are starting to decline a little bit. Uh, and, and we talked about this as a theme through 2020. Uh, as things did reopen, uh, of course, we saw that surge that immediate demand surge of, of things to jump up. So, uh, you know, revenues went up, but because companies had to shift, you know, whether it was more uh, online sales, which meant shipping costs was to be absorbed, uh, obviously a lot of plexi spending, uh, more payroll costs as they had to have more staff on. All these things cut into earnings last year, but they did see a, a surge in revenues. Uh, we're seeing that reverse a little bit in Q1, where we're seeing now the earnings increase, which is very positive uh, for the company's share prices, but revenues uh, flatten off. So that's what we need to look at through that, is what's going to be the normal trends on revenues, because that's going to dictate the earnings going forward um, as a percentage of those revenues. The, the, the other thing to keep in mind is we are seeing some of those earning percentages increase uh, which is very favorable that the companies have gotten more efficient, whether use of technology uh, or got over that uh, that hump that they saw uh, during the, pan the the need of the pandemic last year, uh, where they had to spend more uh, more staff to kind of get things organized right away. So it looks like they got the, they've got those efficiencies in place. That's starting to um, lend to more profits, obviously more earnings uh, in into 2021, 2021 here. So. Don't necessarily need as high of revenue numbers, uh, but a good number to keep an eye on. The other thing we're seeing is that a bit of a trend that surge come into those sectors that did not see it last year. So here's your hospitalities, uh, oil and gas, which we've talked about previously, uh, airlines. As those things start to open up, they're starting to experience that surge in revenue. Not necessarily the earnings side, because they are now facing those added costs that you know the other sectors that opened up last year faced earlier on. So probably in second quarter, we're gonna see those, those revenue numbers increase, but the earnings uh, be under a bit of pressure for those sectors uh, as they have to spend more to kind of ramp things back up, you know, bring employees back, train new employees, uh, just get things back up to current standards, uh, you know, to deal with, uh, you know, the new protocols that might be in place or uh, just, you know, get get new employees as they might have laid off and not be able to uh, reclaim trained employees. They might have to train new people uh, for those positions. And that's always an added cost as you get things going. 
So those are the trends we're seeing in Q1. We'll keep reporting on that uh, as, as we things uh, see things roll out here. Uh, there's a lot more numbers to come out, but things are trending positively. Keep an eye on those revenue to earnings numbers in the names um, and, and look, you know, pay attention to those earnings profits, you know, who's, which companies have been able to implement those technologies and efficiencies to bring back those profit, uh, profit margins uh, after last year's decreases. So with that, I'm going to let you go, all go and enjoy that sunshine that we've had through the weekend. Hopefully everyone got out there and enjoyed at least some backyard fun or some patio fun um, safely. Uh, reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com. Love to hear from you. I will talk to you next week and I will get uh, a bigger update out on the, uh, on the budget this week. So with that, take care, everyone. Talk to you soon.